0: Thank you. Brilliant questions, Vanessa. Some tricky ones. I hope you were kind of thinking uh, similar ones. Uh, We're going to launch into, I want to raise the tempo this morning, into uh, a series on prayer. I know I can see half of you switching off already. Oh no, not the prayer talks. Actually, I think as a church, God called us about three months ago to really pray. We have seen, we have seen profound results. Profound. We have seen healed dogs. Amen. We have seen uh, uh, healed babies, we have, uh, we have seen uh, healed relationships, we have saw, uh, we saw the, the real faith kind of being stirred within our church as people step up into asking God for bigger things. So we thought, why not, in the glitz and the glamour of uh, sorting the decor of the church out. What is the point in doing all that extra kind of glamorous stuff if you're not going to get deeper and go for it with Jesus? So we are kind of being called to prayer. So we're going to spend six weeks, that's right, six weeks, um, looking at prayer. Because I think through this series, if I'm honest, this and our connect groups, we're going to see a real sense of God's presence. We're going to ask things as a church that we're going to see happen. Amazing. You're going to ask things in your personal life that you're going to see happen. We're going to learn to listen to God's voice a little bit more, just so his voice is a little bit louder in the busyness of our lives. It's kind of a win-win. And we get to hang out with God, and we get to dream audacious things. So six weeks, and today I've kind of been thinking about my prayer life. So I recorded one of my deep theological prayers this week, and I know lots of you and lots of us struggle to pray, and you know, this is really a good template for, for how to live your life. So if we can just play this, and obviously if you can bear with it and make some kind of deep notes, I think this is really, really Going to help you. This is my prayer life. Let's go. Dear God, there's lots going on, so I can't linger. I pray that you would move in all the following. Number one, for multi my at world who doesn't me, God, would you change her heart towards me or rapture her sooner than that? <laughs> uh, God, I pray that you would give me instant wisdom in all things. Uh, A new cow would be nice, must be ready for the 67th place. Yeah, Uh, maybe a new house too, must be five beds. And if you could squeeze in a sprinkler of complete peace, joy, uh, and maybe some new hair, God, that would be awesome. What else do you have to think? Yeah, that's right. An understanding wife, or a new one, Uh, chill kids, cowardly, and a boss who just understands completely who I am. For perfect life, world peace, chance to hide out with the queen. She's awesome. Yeah. Fair and fortune and a long, happy and sweet life. Oh, All yeah, before I sign off, for the name of cat too. Completely. Of your glory, of course. Amen. That's a strong prayer, right? That's a strong prayer. Uh, and obviously I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. And... Um, but that real sense of uh, we can quickly dive into prayer, make it a huge wish list, exit quickly and expect God just to work behind the scenes because we've rubbed the magic genie bottle. It's kind of interesting isn't it how we end up in this place of prayer. And, and actually Jesus taught us how to pray and I want to go back to basics. And uh, I think they used to teach this in primary school and pretty much most of the population of the UK know the Lord's Prayer interestingly enough, or not are parts of it. How fascinating is that? And some of it's been changed over time. Obviously, the, the, the more time goes on, we try and trendy things up a little bit, so we change the words. But, but really, this is what Jesus said. And it comes from Luke 11, and also in Matthew 6. Uh, and the Jews, they used to pray, and do pray three times a day. Morning, afternoon, and evening. The morning prayer came from Moses, the afternoon uh, from... Uh, Jacob and then the evening, sorry, Isaac midday and then Jacob on the evening. And this kind of makes up their prayer life. It's deep reflective prayers of going a lot deeper. And then Luke 11, uh, which and this is really central to to Jesus' ministry, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, this is kind of what prayer looks like. This is what you should include in your prayer life. Here's how to navigate an active faith walk with Father God. And uh, Jesus says this, The story says this. Luke 11. It'll be on the screen. It's probably better if you can see it uh, either side. Because that's a bit too blurry. But uh, it says this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. I love that. Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. On his knees before his Father. God. And just praying some prayers. And as he finished, one of the disciples came up to him and said, Lord, Lord, teach us, please, how to pray. Just as John taught his disciples... And then Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. And we're going to spend six weeks looking at six Headings. Don't worry about making notes of these, uh, but they are on the screen behind you. We'll walk through them. We've got a guest speaker next week, someone who just lives a prayer life. She's profound. Come and check that out. But the first one I want to look at today is adoration. Adoration, our Father in heaven. Then it goes, petition, give us this day. Intercession is another part of prayer which is so profound. Your kingdom come, or the old fashioned word is thy kingdom come. I love that. Then we move into a season or a, a really a, a grappling with perseverance as a prayer moves on. And that is in your will be done. Perseverance is so tricky. I know people in this room have been praying for something for 30 years, 40 years. Perseverance, your will be done. Listening is a vital part of prayer. God I want a new car, I want the perfect wife, I want the perfect family, I want the perfect dreams, I want the perfect job, the perfect location, world peace, ultimate favour for the brilliant boss, God I want it all. God, give me wisdom. Download wisdom right now. There's a great movie, is it Bruce Almighty? Is that what it is? And you see God in front of a computer screen and all these prayer requests are flying through. Granted, 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 granted. No to those ones. And for some of us, it gets in this real uh, kind of methodical, mechanical movement of a prayer life. If I'm in dire need, God, would you help me? Or God, here's what's going on in my life. Just deal with it. But actually listening moves into a real time of our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Then the last one, which is dead important, it's on the screen, is warfare, deliver us from evil. How many of us, hands up, and this is not a blame game, this is just reality, it's just, it's just busy lives, busy minds. Actually forget that, we're, we're waging war. We're in the middle of a battlefield that actually we've got to be praying this stuff and believing in this stuff because there's a real enemy who wants to take you out. So Jesus teaches the disciples and he says, don't yet let us yield to temptation. Actually, in uh, this is from uh, Luke, but in Matthew, Matthew says, and this is what Jesus said, but Matthew quotes Jesus as saying, forgive others um, as you've kind of been forgiven. That real sense of, there's a real um, call to uh, come into prayer but already have forgiven people. It's a real amazing translation from Jesus. So it's not Jesus, help me forgive somebody before I pray this. So God, would you just clean all of my, my debts away? Would you wipe the slate clean? Uh, and maybe I kind of think about forgiving Bob or Margaret or Phil or, or Jess or whatever. But actually Jesus says, as you come to prayer, already forgive other people, and forgiveness will flow. Dead interesting, I just want to touch on that. So, you might be thinking, but where does a bit in the end come in? So, uh, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, Amen. I wanted to just throw some quick facts out. Actually, that was always there. There's a bit in the uh, Christian text which was used in the first uh, century, about 90 AD, I want to pronounce this wrong, but Didache, which is this real sense of, uh, it's from 1 Chronicles 29, which talks about giving god the glory and the power and all that's his so actually we know that it's not just some weird add-on that the it's been you know put on later on in the prayer life but actually it's, it's biblical it's relevant it would have been ushered by the early christians and believers in their times of devotion but uh, but sometimes um obviously when jesus was referring to this he didn't include it in the end then it goes on then teaching them more about prayer Jesus used a story parables Jesus loved to tell stories the kingdom of heaven is like dot 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 just allowed people a real insight into the thinking and the mind and the heart of God he said suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight at midnight let's try this the challenge for the week knock on somebody's door in this room and see what reception you get But actually, uh, in the Jewish custom, uh, those guys love to be hospitable. So if you arrive at someone's house at 12 o'clock at night, as was the custom, they should have opened the doors for you, put a spread on, taken care of your needs. So Jesus alluded to the sense of a story of of expectation of how somebody should behave uh, upon your request. And he said, uh, so you go to the door at midnight, you want to borrow three loaves of bread, and you say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and has nothing to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But Jesus said, I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep uh, knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. And keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. We often use that for a real sense of a seeker who comes to church who doesn't know Jesus. And that sense of, all oh, they're knocking on the door and God will open it. But actually this context is in prayer. Jesus is talking about prayer and he's teaching the disciples so let's look at adoration What a real interesting word What does that mean to you, adoration? we just come through a season of, of Christmas And on Christmas cards you might have received You see the words, all come, let us adore him It's a beautiful song, do you want me to sing it for you? And uh, let's be honest and, um, But actually, um, it, it's a really interesting one And when you try and grapple with the word adore What does it mean to you? uh, uh, What's that word you think about? Adore. Can you shout it out? Love, gift, adore. What does it mean? There's no wrong answers, I don't think. But just, just throw some answers out. Mike at the back. Fixate on. Oh, that's strong. I like that. Anything else bubbling away? Anyone brave? Adoration. Some of us are on the dictionary right now, getting the definition. What does it mean to you? Adoration. I don't think, if I'm honest, we totally get adoration. It's, it's a weird one to grapple with, isn't it? And I, I want to come in, in in total submission this morning and say, I don't totally get it. It's not a word that I, I operate in naturally. It's not really a part of my everyday uh, conversation. I kind of get some of it, do you? I get the sense of, of there's a good God. I get the sense that, that we worship Jesus because he uh, died for us and rose again. That he is passionate about all of us. I get that God adores us. But when it comes to the fullness of God, which we don't quite comprehend, how do we adore the wholeness of God? And what does that look like in our everyday and I kind of want to unpack this a bit for us. Adore. Adore. Adoration from the, the Book of Common Prayer, it says this. Adoration is lifting of the heart and of the mind to God. Asking nothing. So it's not the new car, it's not the new wife, or the new dream job, or the new whatever. It's, it's none of that stuff. But asking nothing but to enjoy his presence. When's the last time you enjoyed the presence of God? Like, really enjoyed. Like, I would rather be here than anywhere else on the planet. You might be new in church this morning thinking, what the heck is he talking about? How do we enjoy the presence of God? I want to answer that for a moment. As a church, we believe that when we worship a God who's real, who's tangible, who loves us so much. The Bible says that before we were formed in our mum's wombs, he knew all about us. He's a personal God. And we worship him because he loves us, because he pursues us, because we know that. Not just in this life, but in the next, he's got us. That causes us to write songs, to sing. To say I want to give you my time, I want to give you an hour and a half on a Sunday and every minute in the week because you're worth it. And this real sense of adoration. When I look at you, I'm fixated. When I look at you, it causes me to, to sing out, to fix my life on you because you are worth it. And the book of common prayer says "But to ask nothing but to enjoy his presence. Enjoy his presence. This year as a church... We are committed to enjoying ourselves. Committed to enjoying ourselves. Why not? We're going to have a great time worshipping. We're going to have a great time knocking on the door of heaven. We're going to have a great time asking for big, audacious things. We're going to have a great time uh, having uh, things like um, uh, speed dating classes. Not classes, but speed dating in church Hey, all the married couples, scorn. I've had lots of people in this church who've said it's a great idea. I I think it'd be great, why not? Lots of times, uh, hiring somewhere out and saying, hey, could we fill it with live music and fun? Could we do a comedy and curry night in church and just just fill this place to the rafters with laughter? Could we do things like um, good training sessions? Uh, Whatever. Why not have a good time being church? Got any other ideas? Let us know. But some of this stuff is flowing adoration, will we ever get it fully we adore, we enjoy, we have pleasure in and are thankful for his goodness our father in heaven hallowed, which means holy holy is your name I think that each of us are made to, to worship God, have you ever got that sense that even at an early age even before you were taught something was in you to, to, to worship something and, and, and worship is what you give your time to so you could be uh, into uh, something like a sport, like all day long you practice, you train, you, you go for it. You could argue that you worship that thing, because you fix your life on it, you go towards it, it is your go-to. We say we worship God, we give our time and our energy to it. I remember years ago, I was, uh, I was in the care system growing up. Some of the homes that I used to live in were amazing, great, great people, fantastic. Others were not so nice. And one of them, it was weird. Uh, they used to kind of just say like lots of lies and false things. And and, and one day, uh, we found these, like, these peas growing. These green, vibrant, smelling delicious peas. I'm one of those people that like, like to smell things as a way of working something out. Anyone with me? And these peas were great. They were plush. They were ready to burst. They were juicy. They were calling my name. They were just, honestly, they were heavenly. So I thought I would gobble a few of these peas. And so did the other kids who were part of this home. And then this, this, the lady looked after us. She came out and she said, What are you doing? Stop eating the peas! And obviously we froze. At like nine years old. What have we done? The poisonous! Don't you realise you're going to die? And I thought, No! I'm going to die! No! I don't want to die. And I laid down on my bed at night. I'd never been to church in my life. And I said this prayer. God, if you're real, would I wake up in the morning, please? Please. Where does that prayer come from? I'd never been to church in my life before. I'd never even heard of God. But for some reason, when I thought I was going to die, everything in me, weirdly, turned to, if there's a God, if there is someone out there, if there's someone who can save my bacon... I surrender to you, I know you've been in those moments, maybe not with peas but maybe a dicey situation, maybe something else happened, maybe it's been a real, just a a journey for you. But that sense of when, when the going gets tough, I look outside of myself because we're built to adore somebody, you're awesome and so am I but we're not worthy of adoration are we? We know our flaws, we know our mistakes We know how often we let people down We know the negative thoughts that we think about Other people and ourselves on a daily basis We know the things that we've done wrong And the things that we carry And that's not to be, again be a blame game But I think we get a real sense That actually the answer for humanity Is not found within ourselves But thank the Lord That God sent himself To be the answer for us So we adore we have pleasure in What a weird prayer. So when we start praying this prayer, Our Father in Heaven, it's almost this real sense of remembering to surrender. The AA and all these other classes that help people kind of put their life in the right direction, they all start with a sense of of believing in something outside of ourselves. And saying that actually there's an external power, there's an external force at work, and I'm going to put my hope in that, and it will bring me answer. We know the answer is Jesus Christ. Do you believe that church today? Somebody give me an amen. It is Jesus Christ. So when we come to this place of saying, our Father in heaven, let's put our focus in our prayer life before the requests, before the wish list, before the world peace and the dot, 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 dot. Let's put our prayer life and all that we are in those moments. God, I surrender to you because you are the answer because you are worthy to be praised, because you are amazing. And let's allow our minds and our hearts for a moment to be filled with the things that God has done. I'm to ask you a brave question today, and I want you to shout it out on the count of five. Five, not three. So you've got some time to think. What are you thankful for? Doesn't have to be a God answer. What are you thankful for? For what's happening in your life maybe it's a thing, maybe it's a moment, maybe it's something at Christmas perhaps it's family, perhaps it was a gift perhaps it was uh, a name perhaps whatever what's the thing that like, you're thankful for doesn't to be the most thankful for just something you're thankful for five seconds, are you all thinking five, four Ian, play the game, five, four three, two, one shout it out who said aeroplane I swear somebody said aeroplane Amazing. The things that we're thankful for. Isn't it great to be thankful? Isn't it great? I was doing loads of research uh, and so of Harvard, so of, uh, all these business schools and all these thinking schools and places of thought and think tanks. And they say that the more thankful you are, the more your heart is in a, a steady rhythm. Uh, the uh, The more that you are well. That the the more that the stuff inside of you kind of just circulates better. That your face has a better complexion. All of these signs and wonderful things that happen when you have an attitude of, of gratitude. Of thanks. Amazing. So adoration, I think, is an attitude, not a strategy. Do you know what I mean by that? So we can think, okay, so I've got it. Elijah, you've told me. The Jesus prayer is, come and say, God, you're worthy, and it'll all make sense. I'm not sure it's a systematic process like that. I think if we come and we say, actually, God, I want to come in a place of adoration, a place of just saying, wow, a place of being in wonder, a place of being in expectation and and suspense, God, I think that is going to really help. My prayer life. It's going to really help me hone into you. Rather than bringing you a, a wish list of everything you need to do, I'm going to come before you already saying thanks for who you are and what you've done. Do you think that's going to be beneficial? I think it's going to be beneficial. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the Bible tells us they used to walk daily with God, have conversations with God. Oh, I, I, I dream for those days. Do you? Amazing. This, this radiance, this, this beauty, you know, nothing on your mind. You, know, you don't want to be anywhere else. It is, it is better than worshipping with a million people by your side. You know, it's just, it, 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 can you imagine those moments of just brilliance? And I wonder what these talk about. Because the Bible told us there was no pain or suffering or, or afflictions. But actually, I'd say probably 90% of our prayer lives, a lot of the time, are loaded with, God, here's the issues, sort them out. What would we talk to God about if we didn't have these wish lists? How would our prayer lives be filled and, and the, these relational conversations? I struggle with this because often I come and it's, God, He's just what I need you to move in. Are you the same? Adoration isn't attitude, it's not a strategy. So we come to God like that. And I think think adoration isn't a a stagnant word. Please bear with me, I know adoration is a tricky one. The other guy has got it a lot easier on the rest of the weeks. But, But I think adoration doesn't leave us in a place of being stagnant. And what I mean by that is, I think adoration allows us to journey. And it allows us to do this, I'm thankful. that's going to push me towards all of this other goodness that God's got for me. And I think adoration, when we bring it into our prayer lives, that sense of wonder and awe, I really, really, really believe it allows us uh, to live this stuff out. It allows us to live thankfulness out. Luke 10 tells us of this prayer that Jesus prayed. And Jesus pretty much, the Bible tells us, was on his knees. Saying, God, I thank you. God in heaven, I am thankful. And there's Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, on his knees before his Father in heaven, just pouring his guts out, saying, God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Luke 10, read it before bed tonight. Beautiful, beautiful. We started these prayer nights three months ago, because we felt this real call to say, God, as things are shifting, as things are changing, as we've got people in our church who are sick, or in need, or just don't know, or are confused, or got questions and doubts, as we hear about things across side, God, we have not got the answers, we are not that switched on, God, would you move? And we began very humbly by just saying, God, would you do X, Y, and Z?" X, Y, and Z, God, we'd bring it before you. But you know what we did before we, we brought X, Y, and Z? We said, There's no agenda tonight. There's no agenda. But God, before we bring you our asks, we've got to bring you our thanks. So we just spend however many minutes just saying, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for that story last week. We thank you for the praise report. And some of the back of the seats, there's little cards saying praise report, where people just write things down and slip it to us covertly on a Sunday morning. Hey, can you share this tonight? It's what God's done. Amazing. And we just share some of these stories. Let hope rise. I don't know about you, but I love to hear about stories of God moving powerfully. You know those stories where there's like, there's no doubt? It's like, no, it wasn't just fabricated and made up, but God is on the move. We've got a... our friends here today and they live uh, in uh, kind of Doncaster area and uh, one of their friends, I know it's a friend of a friend but it, I promise you it's real uh, the post on Facebook a few weeks ago of, uh, of someone who went to their church uh, an elderly lady uh, and, and she had lung cancer not just in one lung but in two and I was sharing this with some of the guys, amazing uh, and this guy was sharing on Facebook next to this lady and he said hey tell us a story, what's, what's been going on with you? And she's like man you know I've just, I went to the doctors." I was I wasn't feeling well I was coughing quite a bit and uh, he said like it was bad news I had double lung cancer and uh, it looked like it was going to spread like it was just it was game over and he said okay so tell us what happened next and, and this is like a small church this is like a, this isn't making headlines on the BBC news you know you probably never even heard of this church and you're not going to go there you're going to stay here but um so I'm not telling you where it is but uh, but and they said hey can, can we pray for you and she was like, yeah, I'd love you to pray for me. So they put some hands on her. They said, no special chants, nothing weird, no magic lotions. And they just said, God, would you move in this situation? It looks dire. And God, we're thankful that you're a good God. We're thankful that you can move mountains. That if you wanted to right now, God, you could literally do anything you want. And some. wow. And uh, they prayed for her, and she went back to see the specialist two or three days later. Guess what? Both lungs, completely clear. Completely clear. He said, I I can't explain it. I've got this scan, and I've got this scan. I've put them next to each other, and it's not the same body. What has happened? And, And obviously the story goes on. Wow. That's not a friend of a friend of a friend's auntie's uncle's, you know, whatever. Like That's that's direct, we know that as truth That's amazing, amazing And that's why we adore God Are you in church today, needing God to move in your life Not as a magic genie But actually when you look at the promises in the Bible He can, he's able And guess what, he will He will So we approach these times of prayer These next six weeks with God Right now I'm going to rev my whole year up Come on God, this year, I'm going to write some things down in my diary, in my journal. God, as a couple, we're going to write some dreams down. God, as as a single person right now who's got some things ahead of me, God, I'm going to write some audacious goals in my life and with you. And together, God, we're going to change the world. Why not, in January, why not write the most audacious, incredible asks you've ever dreamed of? What would that be for you? What's the biggest thing that you could ask God to do? What is it? Why don't you write it down? Why don't you write it down? Why don't we pray into it? God, I come to you with adoration. Adoration says that even if this thing doesn't happen, you are still worthy to be worshipped and praised because of what you've done and because of who you are. We sang those words this morning, which I thought was so tying. That sense of God, all that you've done. Wow. Are we getting this a little bit... So adoration, and if I'm honest, this has deeply impacted my prayer life, because I think adoration and thankfulness, when it comes to prayer, go hand in hand, because I think when we say, God, this is who you are, God, this is the greatness of of what you do, it causes us, if we're honest, if we allow ourselves to be un-British for a moment, it causes us just for a glimmer, just for a, a second to say, God, you're awesome you are sweet God you are amazing God you are worthy and it allows us to be thankful are we thankful in our prayer lives it's changed mine it has changed mine from a wish list to a relationship from, from from a God here's what I need you to do to a sense of God I thank you for all that you have done are we thankful are we thankful remembering that even When it comes to health wise, being thankful, it it just, it pays dividends. So you could say that it's about having an attitude of gratitude. Dave Bass on this a few weeks ago, and he kind of gave some scientific figures behind it as well, all this kind of like, you know, just good stuff about your health, but he said it's about an attitude of gratitude, and, and I think it is, and it's biblical, Philippians 4, 6, check this out, it says this, do not be anxious about anything, yeah, 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 I know, it's easier said than done, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, remember it's one of the six, and with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving that's alongside that's not prayer and petition without thanksgiving that says with present your requests to god so that's why on a sunday night when we gather we give thanks because the bible says with thanksgiving and now we could just rush into all of the requests and and i know there's many you guys give us loads week on week it's amazing keep them coming but with thanksgiving so are we praying not just in our sunday context but but in our week to week are we praying with thanksgiving and gratitude so you are God who works wonders. I've spoken this last week, Psalms 77. Uh, and I think as well, I think looking at God in adoration, I think it changes our posture of our living. Uh, and, and I'll explain it, because John Sentamu, who is, the, uh, the, is he the Archbishop of York, great guy, he said this thing years ago. Uh, he said, when people wake up in the morning, they do one or two things. They'll either wake up and say, good God, it's morning, or they'll say, good morning, God. Isn't that so true? And I think adoration allows us to wake up and say, Good morning, God. Here's what you can do. God, what can we achieve today? God, what, what have you got for me? God, you know, what, what's the goodness? It, it suddenly changes the thought of 9 5, tragic, to a, an opportunity, a, a mission field. It gives us an opportunity to say, God, today, I'm going to believe in goodness. Would you surprise me? God, I want to pray for my mates as well. God, would you surprise them? God, I want to pray for the stuff that Elijah talked about yesterday. God, would would we see this in our lives? It It begins to change us. But if we wake up with a sense of, oh, I've got this wish list. God it's time to rub the genie baby let's, let's get you started let's get you warmed up on my, my activities for this week it, it allows us to wake up and say good God it's morning not again I've got this list of things to do all week long and if I survive I'm going to party hard on Friday because I've made it who wants to live like that when we can wake up and say good morning God what have you got for me now I know it's not always reality I know I'm a bit enthusiastic but what about it? Would it change our perspective this week? Would it change our perspective this year? I want more this year than I saw last year. And last year was a good year. What do you think? What some of the things that you just dare to see God do? Dare to see God do. We got a cemetery like, what, a few hundred yards down the road. Wouldn't it be awesome if people divert the coffins into this church before they took them there? One last chance that something might happen. I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool? I know it's audacious, but can you imagine? We believe in a God who, who can raise the dead. It happens in, in parts of the world. It happens in this country sometimes. Why not? Why not? That's just one of mine. What are yours? It could be for a special someone. It could be for a situation to change. Maybe this year, I know we, we've heard from some people last week, it's, it's a desperate change in finances. That's real tangible stuff. And I think this stuff needs to be met in two ways. A real practical uh, way to do it. It needs to be met with faith, absolutely. So God, I believe that you can change my situation. God, I know you can move. I know you can do something. I know you can magic a million pounds in my account and it would just ease all of the burden. But also, I think it needs to be met with, with, with a real lifestyle. It becomes habitual. So okay, so if it's a finance thing, do we need to learn to save is, is, are there ways we can do something to consolidate some of the debt? Do we need to seek advice with that? And I think we need to meet the practical and the faith hand in hand. God, I'm going to do my part, but I know that you can do so much more. Where are you at today? It's just making sense, anybody. So adoration is a lifestyle, not a moment. Adoration isn't a ten minute salute in the air on a Sunday morning, is it? Saying, God, I just, I just adore you. Yes. But I think actually it's a 24-7 thing that we carry into every part of our week. God, I live for you. And God, as I live for you, would you do immeasurably more? As I often say, it turns the mundane into the miraculous. I want that for my life and I want it for yours. So adoration. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Maybe something that we should do in our church to reintroduce this, this theme of holiness is maybe we should all wear hats. I know in in, in in you know olden days people just wear hats and certain elements of clothing, and you know it just it, it separated that sense of just kind of like turning up to church like yeah whatever into a sense of a real awe moment. Now obviously I'm joking by that, but what does it take us? You know what's the ways that you get into that place of holiness and awe? How is it for you? Is it a mountaintop moment? Is it looking at scenery? Is it a favourite worship song? And that line just, just kills you every time. That's it, yeah. I feel, God, I know you're in that. Is it, is it coming on a Sunday night and praying as, as a group? Is it devotion each day? Reading for ten or, or whatever minutes? What is it for you? Those moments of awe and wonder. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So I don't want us to rush from this moment because we're kind of going to build up steam as we get into the year. We're going to see some amazing things happen. And I feel like some of us are still kind of with one fingernail holding on to the new year. Not really wanting to like come into the new year. Like leave me at the Christmas period please. So let's just kind of linger for a moment longer. And then we're going to step into the goodness. But I want you to think about a couple of things. This is for each and every one of us. This isn't for, the, for your, your neighbour or your spouse or relative here in the room today. This is for you only. But... What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? I love those moments of saying thanks to God. You know, those real moments where you're not thinking about the Coronation Street omnibus or the Sunday roast or all the jobs you've got to do. And I'm being serious, all the jobs you've got to do. But those moments where you just actually feel like you slip into concentrating fully on God. You know, those moments. And in those moments when we, when we focus, it feels like there's a real tangible presence from God. And I think he's always there. The Bible says he's constantly there. We change. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. So I know it'll take us a while to focus. So if it helps, close your eyes, focus. God, I want to focus on you for a few moments. Not on myself or my situation. Don't worry God, we're going to get to that bit. But God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you that I'm here and I'm breathing. I want to thank you that I've got food. God, I want to thank you that I'm safe and I'm warm and I'm loved. God, I want to thank you for that that moment where I, I took something or I did something that I shouldn't have done. and God, I knew that you were in that situation. And guess what happens when we begin to say thank you? The presence of God, he begins to hover and hang out with us. So for a moment, what are you thankful for? if you feel really brave, you know, why you shout it out? What are we thankful for? God, I'm so thankful. I can't contain it. I've got to let it out. I'm thankful. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? Amazing family. Come on. Come on. Totally. So God, as we reflect on what we are thankful for, for the things spoken and the things unspoken, God, as we step into this year and all that you've got for us, God, we know there are amazing things ahead. Like wow moments. Things that we've been just thinking about for a while. God, we know we're going to see some of this stuff happen. And God even before all of this stuff, even because even before you answering our prayers, God, you are worthy anyway, you are a holy God. Holy is your name. and God, we give you thanks. we give you thanks that you take such delight in looking at our lives, that you walk through every single situation with us. God, we thank you for the things that you've done, the things that you're doing. But but also, God, the things that you're going to do. So God, this morning, before we rush into this year, we want to just have a real posture of thankfulness and adoration as we look at you. God, we thank you that so many people on this planet search for answers for life. And we found it. God we thank you, we thank you that you took all of the stuff that we do and you removed it as far as yeast is from the west and God you lock eyes with us and you talk and you speak over us with purpose and identity for this life and the next and God we thank you God, I pray this year that this church, we as a people, that we would be set apart because of our thankfulness to you. That God, this hall would not become just a a hollow sound of murmurings, but it would become a rich tapestry of praise, petition, thankfulness, waging war, expectation. That God, we would see as a people incredible, incredible things. In this coming year. So God we say thank you. God we adore you. And the church prayed. In Jesus name. Amen. Can I invite the band up? Let's, uh, let's, let's, in the same vein, why don't we stand where we are as a response, as, a, as I'm ready. We're going to uh, worship for a moment. Why don't we, in this, in this worship, allow some of this, this th- stuff we've been thinking of and, and thanking God for, allow this to just rise up in our praise. So maybe as we're, as we're singing, you want, might want to say in an audible voice, God, I thank you. Maybe you want to just say it in your head. God, I'm thankful for this, this and this. Let us worship, let us worship God this morning.